This is the Jocko Debrief Podcast, episode 13 with Dave Burke and me, Jocko Willink. We have a leadership consulting company. We work with leaders all the time in every industry, and we help solve their problems through leadership. And Dave and I often have conversations as we debrief scenarios that are unfolding inside the companies we work with. We also have these conversations amongst the rest of the team at Echelon Front. But sometimes the lessons learned are things that we all think it'd be good to share. So we bring these debrief points here for you to listen to, and hopefully you learn as we do. So Dave, let's debrief. What do you got? We've got an alignment issue. Mm, Big shocker. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because the last time we recorded, what we were talking about a lot in that last podcast that we recorded was about alignment. Alignment has been a subject that has come up so much lately, and for me, do you think that's because, like, when you uh, when you're thinking about buying a, a a a Jeep Grand Cherokee, you start seeing them everywhere? Yeah, well, and I know I've been going crazy talking about alignment, and now you're starting to see you it everywhere. Totally <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, for me, it's not because it's some new concept, but because as I as I start to as I listen and pay attention to the things you're talking about, and listen to the other guys and the team talk about how they're interacting, I notice. The similarities there, and it's a, it's easier for me to see it, and it has become much more noticeable. The difference between the, the principle that we teach and maybe what appears to be kind of a narrow problem. Go, hey, the issue here is that you can't solve this until you move up a little bit higher on this alignment ladder mm-hmm. to get to a place where you can solve this particular problem. And this one is really similar. And you said this, uh, we said this before. Obviously, we're sort of combining a couple different situations to create this scenario, but. There's a company that we've been working with that one of the things they do is they have a sales team to sell their product. And sales team is broken up basically regionally. So they got four north, south, east, west region. They got a person in charge. They got a manager in charge of each of the four regions. And these managers are all equals. They're, they're peers, they're equivalents. And you know their responsibilities are all very similar. As the company has grown, they are all kind of operating a little bit differently and as this company has expanded, the COO, who's really you know, in charge of the operation, is starting to see enough of disparity between these four regions that it's starting to affect their ability to, to deliver, and it's affecting how they interact with their clients. So as this company has grown and got more mature, what they want to do is they want to standardize some things. They want to create some similar operating procedures, some SOPs. And so the conversation I'm having with the CEO, I'm sorry, the COO is... Hey, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. I've got these four different managers. I can't get them all aligned. When do I when do I put my foot down and just get my the ones that are kind of resistant? When do I just get them on board? Hey, I've heard what you've had to say, but but we're done with this conversation. We're now executing. And so that was the the question. And it was very similar conversation you and I had about a bunch of different, this came up on EF online, it's come up in different places. And look, to be honest, I've gotten, we've gotten kind of crazy about this. We've talked about this a ton is the way to get the, and the conversation we had was the way to get those four aligned. The question of, hey, when do I put my foot down? And the answer is hopefully never. Hopefully the tool that I use to get Jocko, my one outlier of my four regional managers, the hopefully I don't ever get to a point and go, hey, I'm done listening to what you have to say. You now need to just do what I'm telling you to do. So as we talk about the way to kind of create this alignment, 
one of the things that the COO kind of had to come to grips with, which was important to our conversation is, hey, as this company's matured and we've evolved, do you know exactly how we're gonna get to where we're going in the next three years with these plans for expansion, different things? And, and the answer is no, we don't. Now, we know where we wanna go. We have a vision of where we wanna get. We know what we want to expand to, how, um, you know, how we're gonna get there. Of course, we're gonna learn those things along the way. So the way to get them aligned is to not to demand their alignment, but actually help them create how we're gonna get there. So the real conversation was about is, the conversation should start with, hey, I'm gonna bring these four managers in, and there's two things I'm gonna try to do. One is I wanna make it clear, this is where we're going. This is where the company has come from, this is where we are now, this is where I wanna take us, this is where we're going, this is the vision, that direction. And the other part of that is, I kind of should expect that I'm not gonna get four people all seeing it the exact same way. Everybody, I should actually welcome some some different viewpoints. And when I get these differing viewpoints, what I have to understand is that their version of the world is actually different. So here I am up at the top of the organization trying to standardize everything. What I actually have to tell you and your three counterparts is why I want this standardization. What am I trying to accomplish? So it isn't to get you in line to meet just like them. Here's the problems we're having at the, at the senior executive level. The way you're doing your paperwork and the way you're doing paperwork is different. And so what's happening is it's creating a slowdown at headquarters because we have the support staff trying to answer what you're looking for and answer what you're looking for. The turnaround time is much slower because it's different ways of doing it. It takes them longer. Your customers have to wait. Now, I'm up at the senior executive level. I'm talking to senior executives of the companies you're working in. They've got some offices in the north and some offices in the south. And they're asking me now, hey, why is my Chicago region getting this type of interaction, but the folks down in Florida are getting this type of interaction? It's my company. I've got offices in two different locations. Why is there such a big disparity in these regions? So there's actually some genuinely valid reasons why I want to create some of this alignment. But if I can't explain why that is and let let my team, who's actually central to the interaction with this, these customers, help shape the outcome, the best I'm gonna get is, if I'm lucky, I'll get you on board at the bare minimum input. Meaning if I gotta, put, if I gotta demand that you just get aligned, you could leave, you could not get aligned, you could fight and resist, or at a bare minimum, the best I'm gonna get is, you're gonna say, okay, and am I really gonna get what I need out of you? So what we talked about with the COO is, hey, rather than demand the alignment, why don't you just identify the vision? Why don't you talk about the things that you are trying to create standardization for, how that's going to help the company and see what they have to say and then recognize as you move forward towards that goal, you're gonna learn some things. Things are gonna change. You're gonna be open to that input and that feedback and all of a sudden the alignment is actually coming from them rather than you demand that they get aligned. I know that look. Yeah, yeah, I know it's <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Um, you know, and and I remember the question on EF Online. I I think the term that he used was at what point do I impose my plan on people? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And what's interesting about that word impose is imposing things on people is not leadership. So right out of the gate, you can probably guess what my answer is, the same answer that you gave. It's like my, my answer right out of the gate is, oh, you wanna impose things? Okay, so that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're looking to do. And, and so yeah, this is what we talk about all the time. Decentralized command doesn't start when you're in the field. Decentralized command starts in planning. Decentral, decentralized command, how many times have you heard me say this? Hey, 
I don't say, Dave, here's the mission, here's who I want you to take, here's the vehicles I want you to bring, here's the weapons I want you to, I don't, I don't say that, right? I say, hey, here's, here's the mission, figure out how you want to accomplish it. That applies all the time. Now, if we get somebody that doesn't like the new plan or doesn't, you know, I try and tell them the plan and they don't like it, yeah, the absolute answer is cool, come up with a plan, I like that better. And, and what are the chances that you as a leader are going to be able to create out of thin air a standard operating procedure that is actually 100% good to go out of the gate, the chances are zero. zero. So why am I utilizing my leadership capital to get you to do something that I'm not even, that, that I actually am sure that it's not right. right. I know that this is gonna be a problem. So I'm wasting leadership capital to get you to do something that I actually know is gonna have to change. And I'm wasting leadership capital to do that. And, I'm, and by wasting leadership capital, I mean you're mad. And by the way, when you're mad, even if I impose it on you, I make you do it, and you say like, what'd you say the best case scenario was? You say, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And what kind of rigor and tenacity are you gonna have to execute the mission? The answer is zero. I'm thinking you're out there trying to sabotage what I'm actually trying to do. Yeah. So we have to watch out here. Now here's what's interesting. This isn't even a problem of alignment. Really isn't even a problem of alignment because, and this is why alignment it comes up so rarely because the fact of the matter is the chances that the person in the West and the person in the East aren't ultimately aligned, the chances of that are almost zero because ultimately, hey, we're trying to be a good company, we're trying to take care of our customers, we're trying to you know, be profitable. The chances of someone on the team not wanting to be profitable, the chances of someone on the team not understanding that we wanna take care of our people, like the chances of that are so rare that most of the time we get into, okay, we don't even have to get to alignment to solve the problem. We, where we run into a problem is where Dave's like, well, I don't wanna do, I don't care what they think in Chicago about my paperwork. Okay, but your paperwork, we can't give you the supplies that you need unless you have that paperwork. I, I still don't wanna change, right? So we get to a point where I go, oh, okay, wait a second. He's actually, we've gone up the high as we can on this ladder. Most of the time you only have to go up a couple rungs. We don't even get to a point where people aren't aligned. So that's why it's it's very rare that we actually have a problem of alignment. We can can we have agenda problems? We can have agenda problems. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll have 12 agenda problems today, right? We'll have 12 and and I guarantee all those four those four ma- uh, regional managers, they're all they're all they're all going to have their own agendas. Because guess what? I got to deal with clients that want this. And this is a product that's in high demand. Well, up here, we're up in the cold. We don't need that product. We don't even use it up here. So we got agendas. We got it. We're going to have agenda problems all day long. That's okay. We expect them. We anticipate them. We deal with them. We listen to them. So that's what we end up with most of the time. And the way to, the way to come around this is to listen to what people have to say. Boy, where, there it comes again. <laughs> listen to what people actually have to say. And the thing you have to watch out for is Dave doesn't want to do it my way. That makes me, that makes my ego mad. Yeah. So therefore, I'm going to impose my will on him. So the, the, the phrase that was being used is from the COO is they have to do this. And it kept saying, they have to do this. And that, that's that, 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 that key red flag that the ego is, is getting involved. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the way you said it and the agenda, which which is what creates the pushback, when I'm getting resistance from my subordinate leaders, not only should you expect it, you should embrace that. That's that's it's almost the proof of the alignment. 
is what they're telling you is, hey, hey, that that's not going to work <laughs> down here. And I want it to work because I want to be successful. I want to make money. I want I want to deliver product. And so the resistance is actually the ideal outcome. When you said the the misalignment is so rare. I think that's such an important point because really what we're talking about is the individual agendas from these four people that you're trying to, and I say the word get aligned, that you're trying to get on board with this long range strategic objective. The best thing I could do was hear what you had to say and go, geez, <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't, I'm, I'm ho- co-located headquarters up with the North region here. I didn't even know that about the West. That's a really good point. I should embrace that. That agenda that you're pushing is actually what, proves to me that you are actually on board for the big win, which is you wanted to be successful and you're going, listen, that won't work here. We need to make some of these adjustments or we need to have a an adjustment to the SOP for this region or for whatever reason, that em- embracing the pushback from your people. And you have talked about that when people have asked questions and they make this assumption like, hey, when, when you were in charge of task unit bruiser, um, you know, did you ever did it, did you ever get any pushback? You know, kind of laugh like, no, mm. all all thirty of my people just vertical head nods. Take yeah. Yeah. all all whatever thirty or forty of my people that are complete alpha, totally. you know, big ego guys. They they all were just like, cool, great, Jocko said this, so let's execute it immediately. Yeah, you know, I, that, that's that's when I hear that phrase of like, they you you guys have to do this, you have to do this. I've broken that. I've I've been through that mental grappling match a thousand time, times with different leaders starting in the SEAL teams and going all the way up until, you know, f- three days ago where I was talking to some <laughs> some leader. And, and it's like, oh, why why do they have to do that? And usually there's that silence yeah, that we just heard. Pause, yeah. because, because why do you why do they have to do that? Why, why do they have to do that? Because that's the standard operating procedure. Well, why is that the standard operating procedure? Well, because that's what makes sense. Well, why does it make sense? You know, you start asking that question. Eventually, what you f- figure out at the end of the wise is you end up with a um, with an ego s- sitting there. That's why. What a great indicator for you as a leader. It's such a beautiful, stark. What's the what's the what's the most what's the most uh, alert? What's the what's the highest alert that you get flying an F eighteen? What what is like the whole? I'm in trouble. Is there anything like that? Like the like the highest warning the level? The highest warning level. Yeah, I mean, I think we literally call them warnings. Like we have cautions, we have advisories, we have alerts, we have all these different categories. Warning means you're about to die. Okay, so this is a big warning. Wait, yeah. what were they again? Go, go through them again? Advisory, alert, caution, okay. warning. This might be a caution, but it's really getting really close to a warning. If you, as a leader, have to impose something on your troops, that's a caution, if not a warning, that you're jacked up. You are making some kind of mistake. If you have to impose on your team something, you are probably jacked up in 14 different ways. So listen. That's The beautiful thing is here's the solution. Listen, listen. to what the team has to say. Because you, know you're, because you know you're aligned, the listening is actually what helps you not go from the caution to the warning. It does, yeah. it, that's how you prevent that outcome. And I mean... Just like you just described is is if I hear my people push back to me, and if I'm capable of managing my own ego, controlling my 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 own my own ego, saying that's a good thing, Jocko just pushed back on my plan. That's a good thing. That alone, just that mindset alone, the power of going, hey, hang on, man, you're you're pushing back on this. What am I missing? Yeah. What am I not seeing? 
Yeah, next level is when you're like, oh, Dave's pushing back and he's right. Which is, by the way, every attitude I have is if Dave's pushing back, my hope and prayer is that Dave is right and we can go with his plan. Right. That's my, that's my, that's my hope. Yeah. Check. Good one. Yes. All right, what's the next one? This one's actually kind of a little bit of a sit rep. I just want to talk to you about it a little bit because one of the things that we have seen when we started to build out the LDAP program is which is which is uh, yeah. just FYI at Echelon Front, we have a long, long range program where we work with companies and leadership development and alignment. Yes, alignment program. <laughs> and this could be what's the shortest LDAP? Three months? Yeah. But it, they usually go for longer. They they almost always go longer and and, and a while. And and that actually kind of connects a little bit to the point, which is that one of the goals of these alignment, these LDAP programs is that eventually we want them to be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. We want, the model is that eventually there's enough internal inertia inside of an organization with this core team that eventually it kind of sustains itself, which is what lets us leave. Yeah. And we are the, I don't know if we're the only consultancy, but we might be the only leadership consultancy that our goal is to work ourselves out of a job. We don't wanna work with you Forever, yeah. we don't want to milk every penny. We we want to teach you. We want to train your trainers. We want to get you all aligned. We want to set up an organization where you are self-sustaining. You don't need us around anymore. That's the goal always. That's exactly right. And given how many of companies we work with that are caught off guard by that, if we're not the only ones, we're one of the very few. Because <laughs> what they what is most typical is I kind of get my little hooked in you, and now what you become is reliant on me. And that's I, I think a traditional business model. But what does it say about me, Dave Burke, the LDAP instructor or the lead for this client engagement that if two years from now, you don't know how to do cover and move? It means I'm not doing a very good job. So our goal is we we don't want you to be reliant on us. We actually want it to be self-sustaining. So one of the things that we realized, and we, you know, we've known this, but it's come, it's been become much more clear now that we're traveling so much less is that this leadership development is what you're developing is is i guess the best way to describe it is is the muscle of leadership the, the, developing this this skill this this behavior this attribute which requires a ton of repetition so one of the things that well first now that we've stopped traveling so much we have been interacting with people online but that's like still live virtual that's still me talking in real time i'm on a computer but i'm still talking to you the Traveling less, interacting more. Yeah. I mean, we are absolutely interacting with our clients more because we don't have to spend five hours in a plane or, you know, in a hotel or whatever. We are interacting more, flying less, interacting more. And and as you said, everybody knows, we don't need to explain that the efficiency and effectiveness of virtual interaction now. Like we all, everybody knows that the internet's so good, the, the, the apps are so good that are allowing us to interact, the, the Q&A, the way the screen, everything's just good. It's a solid system and we were using it big time. Yeah, whatever barriers we thought might have existed or even what the clients that we're working with might have thought existed through this virtual training, they're mostly no factor. We can in- interact really well virtually with clients and we are indeed much busier. We are spending more time, we're getting more reps with the people that we're working with. Well, even inside that, especially with some of the bigger companies, one of the hardest things to do is scale these. We can cl- we're working with companies that have tens of thousands of employees, and it's not, it's not 
all that reasonable sometimes to engage 10, 15,000 people. It takes a lot of time. And as you kind of think of this idea of how do you scale down into side organizations, one of the things that has been a, a, a question of some of our bigger clients is what is the best thing we can do, we being the client, the customer, to help interact with lower levels in the organization where it's not really cost effective to pull them off the line, you know, manufacturing companies or, or companies where these folks are working to tell them to stop working so they can sit into a classroom or an auditorium. And so obviously we have the EF online program or the EF online resource, but inside that what we did was we came up with a, a certification, a, basically a way to introduce the, the concepts. And, and the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is that one of the lessons that I have learned is when you have, when you're trying to figure out how to get this to the lowest level inside of an organization, kind of your, your frontline folks, the things that they need in some ways are actually very similar to what you need at the highest level. You need exposure and repetition. And it's not always effective to demand that during their normal work cycle that they take time away that you plan and expect from them to devote to leadership development. So the certification program that sits inside of EF Online, we did kind of an operational test with the company of, hey, we want your folks to have access or exposure to this. We're looking for feedback. Hey, does this, does this certification, this program, is this effective, is this a work? And so we created this program that helped people run through essentially self-paced leadership development. And I think the reason why this is important is that as these these leaders were going through the certification process, this initial test of the certification process at this company, both the problems that they were dealing with and how their leaders were engaging them was very similar to what we saw when we were with them in person. So for me, this idea of leadership development, the principles we teach, the mindsets we teach, how we interact, the muscles that need to be exercised are the same muscles that need to be exercised at every level inside the organization. And what's funny is that you kind of emphasize the A in alignment. And the whole point of this was the alignment that we are, are trying to figure out is how do you get aligned from the top of an organization to the very bottom of an organization? How do we all see this the same way? Most common, one of the most common questions I get is, and I got it today as a matter of fact, the people at the front lines, do they have to understand the strategy the same way, do they have to be as aligned at their level as we are at the highest level? Meaning at the, at the executive level. And the example they gave is, hey, if you've got a, a Marine on your team, he's a very young Marine, he's a frontline uh, rifleman on your team, does he really have to know large counterinsurgency, grand strategy, American strategic strategy? And the answer I gave was, well, not not to the same level as me. And I shouldn't expect that, that a private first class has been in the Marine Corps for nine months, understands counterinsurgency grand strategy as much as maybe a four-star general. I said, but can the, can the people at the bottom of your organization, can your frontline individual contributors, can they impact, can they undermine your long-term strategic objectives? Do they have the ability for them individually to, to undermine that? And the answer to that question is actually, yes, they can. There are countless examples from us in the military that when we do things, when our frontline folks do things, we talked about Abu Ghraib, we talked about a couple different, like really big glaring examples is that the recognition is that you need to develop your people at every single level in an organization down to the very bottom because at the very bottom of the organization, the people that do the actual work 
don't understand at least the fundamentals of how their behaviors impact the larger team, you will not have the organization alignment from the top to the bottom. And as we spend more and more time with organizations where they struggle with the most, isn't them as a management team or a supervisor team or an executive leadership team, where they struggle the most is how do you push this down to the lowest levels in an organization? That has been one of the most common things we're seeing as these companies grow and expand with us is how do you push the alignment down to the bottom of the organization? We obviously have different ways of doing that, but that is a, a fundamental challenge every organization has down at the very bottom of creating that alignment. And I guess now that I think of it, the way we were describing alignment before, which is like alignment being a problem, it, it, and maybe that's not the exact right way to describe it, maybe it's just that we are all oriented in the same way, but them understanding to a fundamental degree the same thing that we understand about where we're going and what we're doing and why what you're doing individually at the lowest level actually contributes to the big picture is a critical thing. Yeah, the the standard riff that I give when I talk about decentralized command is everybody understand everybody on the team has to understand what the mission is, what the goal is, what the end state is what the commander's intent is what is the intent of this what is the intent of this operation which then is also very easily translated those things kind of combine together into why are why? we doing what we're doing and and so that is absolutely important the the other thing is and this is it's a different kind of alignment and and that is and this is kind of the the basis for the LDAP, Leadership Development Alignment Program. Why is alignment in there? When I'm telling you that that 99% of the time, alignment's not a problem. Because it's that, that, that alignment in the name of that program is actually related not to, hey, what our mission is, what our goal is, what our instinct, it's not related. It's, it's related to how we think. How are we thinking as leaders? Because if you as a leader are thinking differently than me, we are going to run into all kinds of problems. It's a different, it's not the, it's not the physical activity that we're doing. That, that alignment ladder could be totally squared away. We could be perfectly aligned. But if your leadership methodology is different than mine, we are going to have a problem. If I'm thinking, hey, I'm in charge, I'll just impose my will on everybody, and you're thinking, hey, what I'll do is I'll get input from everybody and we'll figure out the best plan and we'll move forward. If we are not aligned in the way that we think as leaders, we are going to have a problem. So, we sure, when we're working with clients, we can maybe have a rare case where there's not an alignment. Very, very rare in their, in their mission. But it happens all the time that we have different leaders that are not aligned in the way that they think. And one of the things, <laughs> I'm about to do a podcast about this too, our language that we use as human beings, it, it is woven into the way that we think. So one of the first things that we talk about, and in fact I say this at the muster, if you remember at the end of the muster, when we talk about you know, how to move forward, one of the things, I have a slide that says, 
use the language. Why is that? Because when we, when you and I are talking about leadership, if we're talking different language, if we're using different words to describe things, that's a problem. So just having a mutually understandable, a mutually intelligible way of communicating about leadership gives us leaps and bounds. We see, you know, it's sort of like any any problem that you run into or or no, any any improvement that you try and do, obviously you see a really big improvement right out of the gate. You know, when you start working out, your improvement goes up high really, really quickly. When you learn jiu-jitsu, you learn a ton right, right out of the gate. Anything that you just start doing, your learning curve is very, very uh, rewarding in the beginning. That's one of the things when people start working with us, they get this massive jump. And part of that is just because they start communicating effectively with each other because they're utilizing for the first time ever a a a, a doctrinal a common, use yeah. of terms that they are all now communicating properly. So that's why it's so powerful. That's why when companies like boom, they they all of a sudden they go, oh, we can. Well, I know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, it's cover and move. Oh, it's it's. It's we, we're not we're not we're not using decentralized command here. There's all these oh I don't know what the mission is. I don't know what the commander's intent is. All these things allow us to communicate. If we can't communicate, it's sort of the opposite of what I said on the last podcast. Where I was like, hey, look, if 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 I'm not communicating well with you, but we have a great relationship, well then at least we can talk about it. And we can get through it. But if we have a great relationship, but we speak different languages. It doesn't matter how good our relationship is because we can't even talk to each other. So the framework that we utilize, the things that we talk about, they are so powerful because all of a sudden it gives us a common way to talk, which then leads to ultimately we are now thinking the same way as leaders. And that is alignment. And that's what we do at Echelon Front. And I guess it's my turn now. Again, it's interesting because you talk about you were talking about the the sort of the need to keep studying leadership and and you know I got this question on EF online the other day you know we had a guy that was moving from whatever it was six six direct reports he's now starting up a division and he's gonna be in charge of 100 people and he sort of referred back to General Clark's guidelines for leaders and commanders you know what and and, and General Clark and we, we talked you and I talked about it on the podcast you know, you've got this leader and then you've got a commander, right? And then there's like generalship even above that. So you've got this, you've got these, he, you know, the way General Clark kind of spells these things, I thought there's these transitions that you need to make. And so this guy was asking like, what do I need to do differently now that I'm going to be more of a commander than a leader, right? What, what? I'm gonna be in charge of way more people. What do I need to do differently? And, I, and so I'm listening to him. And as I'm thinking through what he's saying, and you know, we had had this kind of conversation, but you don't need to do anything different, but you need to do better. When you're leading a little team, when you're leading a little team, you have the capacity to be right there. You have the capacity, and I'm gonna use this word, you have, the, you have the capacity to actually impose your will physically to get things done. So if there's any time as a leader where imposing your will works, it's when I've got four people and they work for me and I can stand right there and I can make them do it. I can impose my will. So that's why, it, look, 
do I need you to understand the why and all this stuff? If it's just you, if I'm just in charge of four people, do I really need them to understand? No, I can actually just go, Dave, move over a little bit more. I can just, I can just physically adjust you or like sit there and look over your shoulder and say, do it this way. Now, when you have 100 people or 1,000 people or 10,000 people, that direct connection is gone. So now we are relying 100% on good leadership principles, right? That's why, that's why you can have a team leader that maybe isn't a great leader, right? Not a great leader, but he's still making things happen. He's still getting things done because he's right there. He's right there imposing his will. He can make something, you know, I can get this six-man team to, to, to get the concrete poured, right? Because I can say, hey, Dave, move that form back a little bit. Hey, bro, hey, hey, Bill, back the truck. Like, I can literally do that. Because I'm right there. I got a small team. I can, I, can, I can physically make things happen. But like I said, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people. Now we truly have to practice real leadership. Real leadership. Cover and move, right? The first law of combat. It's pretty easy to get four people to cover and move. I can literally yell at them and tell them, get down. I can, I can make that happen. But when you have to get whole groups of people to look out for each other and mutually support each other, you can't just manhandle them into position. You have to build unified goals. You have to make roles and responsibilities and you have to build relationships. You have to show where those overlaps are and you have to actually build teams that build relationships. You have to build teams that build relationships. Not just, it's not just I, it's not just I have to build a relationship with Dave so that we can cover and move for each other. I have to get this team over here who I don't see every day to build a relationship with Dave's team who they don't, who they don't see every day. So it's still the same principle, but it's a lot harder to do, and I have to be better at doing it. Keeping things simple. This is kind of what you were referring to. If I got a team, and, and, and I don't keep things simple enough that you know Dave doesn't clear the stairwell, guess what I do? I walk over and clear the stairwell, or I walk over and point up the stairwell to clear that thing right now. So it doesn't matter that my message was, was or was not. It doesn't matter that you understood my message or not, because I'm right there. And I smack you upside the head and tell you to do something. You get, you get a thousand people. You do. You cannot adjust them. They have to. You have to. You have to be so simple, so clear. Your words have to resonate. They have to make sense. They have to understand to a broad range of people. Which means you have to be better. Prioritize and execute. I love this one. When you're a team leader, guess how many priorities you you have? One. You've only got one thing. You got one job, right? Maybe worst case scenario, you got two things going on at once. Cool. You you have to figure out which one to do. You're basically an expert at prioritizing execute when you got one thing to do. Good job. Now all of a sudden you're in charge of a squad. Now you got three things, right? In a platoon, all of a sudden you got six things. You got to do some actual prioritize and execute now. You're a company commander, now you got a dozen things going on. You got 15 things going on. You got to really prioritize next. You got to figure out what's important. You got to figure out how you're going to handle those multiple problems, how you're going to focus your resources. That's what you got to do. And by the time you're in charge of a thousand people, you have a massive number of priorities. And you have to actually 
divvy up those priorities within teams. And then those individual teams need to figure out, need to understand what their priorities are inside of those individual teams. Things that you aren't even thinking about. And then the priorities are gonna change. (laughs) And the teams need to know about when those priorities change. And they need, when the overall broad priority changes, you gotta make sure that the person, the team leader on the front line changes her priorities so that she makes an adjustment. So this is, this is you, so what does that mean? You have to be better at it. You have to be better at prioritize and execute. Decentralized command, Larry said it, you're in a small team, I'm right there, I can adjust the decisions, right? If Dave makes a bad call, I can just say, Dave, don't do that. I can literally say, Dave, don't do that, come back over here. In a big organization, now I got all these people, I got 100 people, I got 1,000 people, they're all executing things that are completely out of my control. When I'm a team leader in charge of four people, I can control everything that everyone does. When I got a thousand people, I can't control anything that anyone does directly. I have to do it through leadership. They better know the mission. They better know the intake. They better know the parameters. They better understand the why. And on top of all that, I have to have trust up and down the chain of command. And I have to build a culture the whole time, a culture of values inside the organization that allow people to make decisions without ever even having to talk to any of their leadership. And this list goes on and on and on. The principles that you, principles that you utilize as a leader, they don't change as you go up the chain of command. You just have to get better. You got anything on that? <laughs> just just listening to what you're saying and thinking about that and just connecting to the last comment we made about exposing the people at the lowest level, do they have to be able to write the the grand strategy of your company? No, but inside of all those things you just described is they have to have that common, the common language, the language of leadership. When you when you said that it's, the, it's understanding how to think and if you are gonna, if you're, if, if you're gonna keep people on your team from understanding the language of leadership, you're going to lose them. You're not gonna be able to do what you just described. And just thinking about just the power of them even just understanding what the words mean and and how we can communicate in a language that everybody understands. Now, I'm not saying that a frontline employee has to have the same vision and viewpoint of, of a CEO, but that common language of, of the common language of leadership, of, of this is what we're going to do so they can make that connection. And as I'm hearing you talk about thinking about it, man, when you move up from my four-man team to my 16-man team, my third-man, I'm 100, like the, the magnitude of that, you have to get better and you have to get better quickly. These are not little gradual steps. They, can, they are significant. They are almost exponential. And if you do it quickly, you will go from four to 40 like that. And the problems, the, the, the risk of not being able to accelerate how well you do this, you have to get better and you have to get better quickly because those the magnification is so significant how, when you move up like that. And that common language allows us to be able to do that. 
Anyway. Check. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I'm not even gonna go into it right now, but I, I, I mean, uh, a couple EF online's ago, I, I, I talked about, I talked about the principles of leadership and, and how they're not just actions that you take, they're actually a way of thinking and it was, <laughs> dude. I we got to be careful because I'll I'll run for an hour on this and take this podcast and and destroy it. But <laughs> that comment, and I don't know if I convey this enough on this podcast. But I, as a part of this team at Echelon, I am I I I am inside a living leadership laboratory that that is that is growing and learning as and and those type of comments when you say the how we it's the way you think. Um. Those are those are powerful moments in, in even just helping other people understand what they're doing. And yeah, all I right. could talk all day about that. As a matter of fact, Jocko will probably tell you sometimes I call him at at inconvenient times and demand a lot of his time to talk about this stuff, which is crazy. With that, good place to stop. Um, and if you want to dig deeper. And believe me, it goes deep into all these aspects of leadership. Um, you might be able to tell that this is what we do for a living. Join Dave, me, the rest of the Echelon Front team. We are at efonline.com and we solve problems through leadership. And if you want leadership guidance inside your organization, if you want to get your leadership thought aligned, then yes, go to echelonfront.com and we will show up there either in person or virtually, and we will make it happen. I've also written a bunch of books about the subject of leadership, extreme ownership, the dichotomy of leadership, and leadership strategy and tactics. My other podcasts are Jocko Podcast, Jocko Unraveling, Grounded, and the Warrior Kid Podcast. And if you want to support any of these podcasts, including this one, you can get some gear from jockostore.com or originmain.com or jockofuel.com. Thanks for listening to us debrief. Now go lead. This is Dave and Jocko, out.